Is it just pure pain now? Ah, oh, that's what you hate to hear. Goodness gravy, I've got a story for you guys today. Listen, in the pursuit of life, sometimes we run into bumps along the road. The bumps vary in size and severity. Sometimes it's a little tiny pebble in the road, and sometimes it's a giant fucking boulder, like, um, for instance, if you were hiking and you got hit by a giant fucking boulder. We're doing our best, all right? And sometimes things don't work out the way we would we would prefer. Today is one of those little interesting conundrums that we run into every now and then in our lives, and it happened to me. I ran into a bit of an issue. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about how I once accidentally drugged myself with the largest edible I've ever eaten. Last February, before all the coronavirus garbage happened, I traveled to Los Angeles for spring break. And one of the things that I had to do was I had to sign a shit ton of posters for U2s. There was probably more than 3,000 posters that I had to sign, and the posters were being kept at the house that the Misfits YouTube group were staying at in LA. Carson was there, Schlatt was there, Cooper was there. We were all just trying to like sign all of these posters as fast as we could, because there's so many of them, and it was it would take us, it was taking us literally hours to do. At this point, there was maybe about five or six people in the house at this time and that's because at that point the whole main misfits crew had gone out to dinner somewhere i don't know if you know this about the misfits in general but they smoke a lot of weed every trip they do they probably spend a couple thousand dollars on weed okay they smoke the mary jane they do the weed in order to make the process of signing these posters go a little bit smoother i had smoked like half a joint of weed so I was already decently high because I hadn't smoked in a while either. Signing away, crossing my eyes, dotting my T's. However, my personal reaction to weed is that I get the munchies. I get the munchies pretty hard. I smoke a little bit of the marijuana and then I say, oh, I'm gonna eat an entire sleeve of club crackers with no cheese because gluttony. I had originally planned to go to dinner with my girlfriend and her father. So I was trying to wean off of the high and just kind of sign the posters and wait until it kind of wore off. And then I would go and do that. One of the things that they had at this house was they had a giant counter in which a bunch of snacks were all laid out. There was chips, there was more chips there was i think pizza i don't fucking remember as i look across this horizon of bountiful snacks i see a nerd's rope and my munchie brain is like oh and I'm thinking to myself, man, I remember Nerds Rope. I haven't had Nerds Rope in fucking forever, dude. I'm thinking back to my childhood where we would go to a campground in Maine and I would waddle on down to the snack shack and grab myself a Nerds Rope. And before eating it, considering its potential applications as nunchucks or trying to tie a knot with it, but then realizing I'm a kid. I don't know how to tie knots and my prefrontal lobe won't even be done cooking for another 20 years. So what's even the point? Give me a slush puppy. Give me a Game Boy SP. Let's fuck it up. But Lord have mercy, did I learn in this moment I no longer was a child, but a man. A man who experiences consequence in the worst way possible. So I'm signing more posters, you know, I'm cruising, I'm having a great time, alright? Nerds rope tastes a bit strange, but that could also be my perception that I have of being already high, and it kind of, if you've ever been high before, it, it kind of messes with your perception of taste a little bit. It was like drinking a Diet Coke versus a normal Coke, where there's like... You know, there's something there. There's something there. But I don't fully process why 
it tastes different. So I finished the nerd's rope. And then I go to have another nerd's rope because I'm high and have the munchies. As I'm biting into the next nerd's rope, one of the Misfits guys says, Ted, don't eat those. Those are edibles. Hmm? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, ah, I must have uh, heard you wrong. Um, Scoozy? Yeah, Ted, that's an edible. So I say, no fucking way. How much was it? And he says, I think it, I think it might be like 60 milligrams. What? 60 milligrams? To give you context, the largest edible I'd had up until this point in my life was 20 milligrams. So of course I ask, are you sure? One of the guys walks over to the counter and picks up the package of the nerd's rope. And with the most you are fucked face I've ever seen in a person, he says, it's actually 400 milligrams. Now remember, I've already freaked out when I heard that it was a 50 milligram edible. And I've just been told that it is actually eight times that amount. So you may be asking yourself, Ted, how the fuck did you not know that that was an edible? And that's a good question. Let's start with the packaging. That's the packaging. It uses the same packaging as the actual branded nerds rope. It's got a thing that says tear and share as if it's just a normal candy. In hindsight, that's very much so implying for a good reason that you really should be sharing it and not eating it entirely on your own. If you're not really paying attention and it's been like, eight years since you've had a nerd's rope, this is pretty easy to mistake for a nerd's rope. In addition to that, there was a very specific and deceptive way that everything was laid out as snacks in the Misfits house. And I'll just let Swagger Souls explain that for me. There was a very reasonable way, like we set it up, because the nerd's rope was an edible. It was a 400 milligram edible and he didn't read the packaging. But we have on that bench, it's a big ass bench, it's snacks and food, chips, Pringles, gummy bears, all that shit. Munchies. And then there's weed food, which is edibles, in between that and the weed, which makes sense. Ah, uh, like you know, a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. like a spectrum. Mm. Progressively but dangerous as you go yes. on That's the, the thing, is that it would make more sense to kind of put the weed food away so that you don't confu confuse, confuse the food with, with the, the weed. Which is I'm what so happened to poor Ted. Which is what happened to Ted. He was tripping <laughs> balls. If you've ever been in a car crash, even if it's not your fault, there's a certain feeling after it immediately happens. It's this mind-racing feeling when you have absolutely no idea what to do, but you also know that something has to be done or you're fucked. AKA, panic. So at this point, I begin to freak out for three reasons. First of all, I didn't know if I was personally prepared mentally to get as high as I was about to get. Second of all, I had made plans for dinner with my girlfriend and her father that night, and I definitely won't be making it. And I'm pretty sure she's going to be a little bit pissed. And the third reason, I hadn't smoked weed in two months, which meant that my tolerance was rock bottom. I like to explain this with what I like to call the skyscraper analogy. Right here we have the tolerance skyscraper, which represents my tolerance to marijuana. Let's just say that whenever I smoke weed, I start at the ground floor in the lobby. If my tolerance were higher, then maybe I'd go a couple stories up to the mid-level apartments. That's where all the stoner kids from high school hang out. And they're all pretty high up there, but it's nothing really to be worried about. You're probably couch locked, but you'll be fine. With my tolerance at zero though, I knew in my heart and my soul that I was going all the way up to Cheech and Chong's fucking penthouse as an unwilling and unexpected guest for an undetermined amount of time. As things stand right now, I don't even live in the building. 
I'm from out of town and I sometimes commute into the city. Oh, it's a Friday night. Oh, we should go, we should go get drinks in the city. That's the, that's what I'm operating on. I know that I'm on a timer. Most edibles take about 45 minutes to an hour before they kick in. But I know that I've taken this edible about 10 to 15 minutes prior, which means uh, math, I've got about 45 minutes before this edible hits me and I die. Although other things can affect this, such as being on an empty stomach, which I was. My first thought was that I need to make myself throw up because if I can get rid of as much of this edible as possible, I could potentially mitigate the level of inebriation that I was about to experience. So I stumble over to the bathroom and I start to gag and I'm trying to make myself throw up but I've never made myself throw up before. I don't know how to do it. So the next step is that I got Carson on his phone looking up how-tos on WikiHow on how to make myself throw up. And then Cooper's in the kitchen and he's making cups of salt water for me to chug because apparently if you chug salt water, it helps with the throwing up process. I'm not sure how true that was. It just ended up with me just throwing up a bunch of pinkish salt water. So I, I can't speak for its effectiveness, but there you go. And I'm pretty sure since the nerd's rope was sort of a candy sugar based food, it was really easy for my stomach to digest it really fast. So I'm pretty sure if I hadn't thrown it up within maybe five minutes, there really wasn't that much that I could do from there. So by the time I was done throwing up, some food that we had ordered earlier arrived and Cooper basically advised me that the best thing that I could really do for myself would be to just fill my now completely empty stomach. From this point on, all I could really do was uh, buckle up, strap in, and get ready for the fucking high of a lifetime. God bless my soul. So I'm gonna give you guys a walkthrough of what this high was like. It wasn't fun. I also have some video footage that Cooper took, so link to his channel in the uh, in the description. Once I kind of came to terms with the fact that I was gonna have to ride out this high no matter what, I decided to give myself a home base. Just somewhere where I could ground myself and not really need to worry about moving around or anything. I found myself a nice armchair, and I sat myself down there and prepared for the ride of a lifetime. The first thing that happened was a classic weed symptom, which is cotton mouth, which is when your mouth gets really, really dry. So I was pretty much just constantly drinking water. I remember starting to get colder. And the Misfits, they had a room where they just had a bunch of extra merch laid out where they could just give that to friends and stuff while they were in LA. And I kind of just walked in there and just threw on one of the sweatshirts and then just went back to my home base and sat down. And I was wondering for myself if that cold symptom that I was experiencing was real. I did research on the symptoms that I was experiencing and this was something that actually happens. Informally, it's referred to as weed chills. The THC literally lowered my internal body temperature so I actually was getting cold. Another thing that happened, and I think this also might have been a symptom of being cold, but I started getting shaky. And it's really funny the way that I described that when I was high, and I actually have video footage of that right here. Welcome back to the vlog. It's gotten worse, <laughs> friends. Uh, we are, it's been about 45 minutes since last, and uh, this is fucking bad. Ted, I think you need another stick of butter. I feel like I'm... My entire body feels like rubber bands. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much after that point was when things started to get, um, they started to get bad. Fuck. 
The shaking was also the reason why in the video you can see me clasping my hands together because I was literally like shaking so much that I had to hold my hands together really tightly and keep my body really tight and close so I could be in like a comfortable state. And then I get into what is called the painful zone or the first level of weed hell. Pretty much any position that I was sitting in felt painful. Update. It fucking touching shit and feeling the world around me feels bad. Damn. And uncomfortable. Don't do too much weed. I hate this. I was in the pain hotel and I was its only guest. Any surface that I touched, whether it be the arms of my chair, putting my hands on my knees, anything like that just felt bad. And what I think I would attribute that to is just being so high my sense of touch was just so elevated that my brain was just overloaded or something. Most of the time I was just trying to like breathe deeply and kind of maintain my composure. But whenever Cooper would turn the camera on me and he would start recording, I would sort of like try to elevate my attitude and try to seem as cheery as possible because I didn't really want to seem like an idiot high stoner on camera you know at a certain point i had to move my home base because it was too disorienting to be sitting straight up i had to go and get fucking horizontal baby and i pretty much had to make a mental agreement with myself just to survive is it just pure pain now oh that's what you hate to hear it was during this time of unbearable dizziness that my good friend Schlatt decided to use a fucking handheld massager on me. You are a criminal for trying to do this shit to me right now, Schlatt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm understand. just getting the lactic you acid really flowing. You can't do this I just want to get the juices flowing. I just want to get the juices flowing. That's going to turn me into like Ted. another Ted, if you please. Organism, if you please. I will fucking jujitsu you, bitch. Ted, what's the update? What's the status? Defcon one. Oh no. Do you see my attitude there? I wonder why I wouldn't like that. A rapidly moving massager. If you want a lesson on what not to do to someone when they're high, that really takes the cake. Eventually, the fateful moment happens. I had a weed barf. I honestly think it was really just because of how dizzy I was getting from being high. And luckily for me, I had a whole sandwich about an hour ago. I literally had to run across the entire room and just run into the bathroom and throw up. After I threw up though, that's pretty much where the high took the downturn though. It was cleansing. I had, it was a cleansing barf. Yeah, it was a, it was detoxifying. I went to go eat some Skittles, but without even knowing I was on camera, I went around to people and not trusting my own ability to determine this, I asked them if the Skittles were edibles or not. Jack, this, what do you know, these are normal okay. Skittles, right? I ate the edible at about 6.30 p.m. that day, and I stayed awake all the way until about 4 a.m. that night. I woke up at about 9 a.m., and I was still very high, but I was definitely a manageable amount of high. What struck me, though, was I was high for the entire next day. I went to bed that night high. So in total, after eating a 400 milligram edible, I was high for about 
you know, 26 hours. If there's one thing you guys shouldn't take away from this is like any anti-weed sentiment from this video. I think weed is a perfectly healthy drug to use recreationally, but weed, like everything else, follows the rule that too much of anything is definitely a bad thing. Obviously, only consume weed in a state in which it's legal and if you're of age. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. Let me know if you want more stories from my life. I don't really know how many stories I have to tell. This is like the second one I've ever told on this channel, but I hope you learned to think or two. And if there's one thing you should take away from this, it's this. Weed is for sinners, and I'm going to hell. Ted accidentally took 400 milligrams of edibles. Fuck. <laughs>